All right. So I'm going to bring it back, Julia. Right. Bringing it back. Woo woo. I'm All ready. Right. Are you ready to get weird? Always. For you, always. Let's fucking do it. Let's do it to okay. it, baby. Before we start, I just have to say this is my favorite episode of Ted Lasso. This, yeah, this is up there. It's it's number one in my book. I'm sure they're going to have some other bangers coming down the line. But this was so good. It was very good. So the only uh. thing that I can't, I, I can't say that it's my favorite. I have very, very, like, I agree with you. I can see where you're coming from. I may, in fact, be wrong. But the stuff with whatever, because there's weird stuff a-brewing with both Jamie and Roy that's making me real nervous. I want to hear about this. I don't know what it is. The Jamie one, I can kind of see. Yeah, it's it's going to be, there's going to be some issues with Zava. But, like, Roy is clearly, something is going on. I don't have, I can't get my hands around the shape of it. I don't know what's happening. Mm. But it's like, something's going on in his angry little head. I I want to definitely hear what you feel about Roy. I have all types of feelings about Roy. And it's nothing but positive i finally see the light with roy because if you remember back when we were doing probably season two i had started to get a little bit annoyed with roy like the glorious roy kent how dare the man you. in black remember how I, had, I had started to get annoyed with him how dare and you ever in this episode I can't. not only did i highly identify with him but i'm starting to see the light at the end of the goddamn tunnel roy kent you beautiful olive-skinned goddess you i think i think you're right i'm worried though it's gonna be okay so baby wonderful. you're gonna get there and i love you I so love anyway you so <laughs> let's get into it yes All right. so because i could ju- i could just go on with like nonsense about just how much i love roy kent? this episode roy ted trent like i could just go on with nonsense but i'm just gonna try to get into the actual structure of the show um so, okay, this is season three, episode two. I don't want to go to Chelsea. Shout out to Elvis Costello. Actually, they were killing all of the music drops in this episode, like all the references and drops. I There was a Beatles one that I actually caught. When was that? It was the one where Trent is trying to get them to like talk to him. And I think it was an Eagles, a Beatles song. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. What did he say? Man About Town. Yeah, it was a Beatles song. Oh, that's the Kings. It was the Kings? It's a well-respected man. Sorry. Yeah, it was well- <laughs> Isn't it Beatles? Oh, God damn it. You're killing me. Come on, I dog. I- How am I killing you? You're killing me, Smalls. You got to know your references. You've got to call them out. I don't know anything about music. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not a Beatles person. Like, I like Beatles well enough. No, but, apparently um, it's the Kings. Yeah, that's a well-respected man. Dog, you, you fucked up my whole. I don't know anything thing. about music. I'm gonna anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get started. Let's get started. And stop. All right. Let's actually get into the episode before you kill me. So I wanna. <laughs> so I just wanted to say they start out the episode with this um, great version of a, it's like a mashup of Lovely Day and Good as Hell. Yeah, I really that liked it. That shit was great. Um, so that was dope, and we start with with that song on Keeley. And yeah. the folks in her office who are being sticks in the mud. like Yeah. yeah. I have the CFOs lecturing Keely. I, though I do love, I did love that joke where they should have a picnic in the in the conference room. And Barbara was like, I can't make it. 
Yeah, Barbara. <laughs> Barbara's crushing it a little bit. Like she's the worst, but also like that was that was I couldn't. That was pretty comical. That was that was pretty top notch. Barbara is chief stick in the mud. Yeah, um, she is. Barbara, the CFO or the corporate flying object. <laughs> we thought last episode. Um, and which was low key apt because Barbara hovers. Right, she she's does. hovering all over Keely's shit. She's like always shooting down Keely's ideas. She's like hovering, hovering with all of her negativity. So, mm, you know, uh, we're gonna have to see what happens with Barbara. And they don't, they don't mesh. Like Keely's office people, they don't mesh with her at all. Right, cute little bubbly Keely. I mean, she's she's gonna win him over. You know, she's gonna win him over. Yes, I know that's because, coming. Like it just can't not. Well, Kaylee's so infectious, you can't not love she her. She is. She's the best. It just, I love her. Yeah. And I think she'll get there with Barbara, too, but uh, paying oh, the Oh, 110%. So yeah. So over at the club, Ted comes in all, good morning, Vietnam. Shout out to uh, Robin Williams. Rip. Yes. And uh, he notices Keely's there with Rebecca and Hippopotamus, but he initially <laughs> doesn't see Trent. Uh, Trent. He just looks Trent. right over him. And Trent is there because he wants to embed with the team to write a book about them. I love this scene. I love how long it goes on where where they're like, no, no, no. And he's and Ted's just like thinking, thinking, thinking. And he's clearly enjoying <laughs> enjoying it. Like yeah. and then he's like, Yeah. And you know he kind of says yes, not only because he likes Trent Krim, but also because he enjoyed how much it he was like he was like tormenting them. Maybe so. A little bit. He did a little bit. Yeah, Rebecca says to Ted that it's his decision to make as to whether Trent comes and joins the team. And she and Higgins and Keely are there trying to signal no to him. (laughs) And he straight up ignores them and he decides to give Trent the access. You said that you thought it was because, uh, you know, he likes Trent or Trent. I don't know why I say I can't say Trent today. (laughs) Trent Krim, the independent. Say the whole thing. Uh. But yeah, you're saying you think he likes Trent and also who's kind of like enjoying kind of uh, pulling, you know, pulling them well, along for his little ride. Yeah, I think it's that. But I mean, he, Trent did him a real solid exactly. and Trent got fired for it. So like, yeah, I think he feels indebted to Trent. Yeah, Trent like did him like Trent could have made his life harder, but like he wore him out like, or, you know, you know, how do I explain? Like Trent could have... He yeah. basically alerted Ted to yeah. a rat that was in his house, which was Nate. Yeah. You know? And yeah, he had to write a pretty tough story about Ted because he revealed something about Ted. But, you know, as you've always thought, he probably did it in a manner that was much better than if somebody from like a tabloid or something had gotten their hands on it or somebody that didn't know the team, you know, like Trent. Uh, is a guy with integrity. He writes for the, or he used to write for the Independent, which um, is a better outlet than some of the other outlets that we know have been following Richmond. So yeah, I think Ted wants to do Trent a solid. You know, somebody he lost his job basically trying to look out for Ted a little bit. Next, we learn that eleven eleven is Ted's wishing time. <laughs> you didn't do this. What? You didn't do this eleven eleven make a wish. What about it? It's like a thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that until high school. So I can't really make fun of you. In what way is it a thing? I don't know. It's just a thing somebody told me, and then and then they were like, no, 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 it's for reals. Oh, I okay. Like, I love that. I'm going to start doing that. 
Do it. It's it a also, real thing. That, it makes sense that maybe that's a more widespread thing because, you know, Danny has his little moment where he wishes for Zava. <laughs> and we should all credit Danny Rojas, Rojas for actually Rojas. getting Zava because he made the wish. But I was when that but happened. You lose it if you if you if you it it doesn't work if you tell people what it is. Right. Yes. That's why Beard won't do it. Oh, okay. So then this maybe goes back to another theory that I had. Okay. Because I thought maybe Beard had also wished for Zava. I think they all wished for Zava, but you can't tell people your wish or it won't come true. Just like when you blow on birthday candles. If you're saying that Danny's wish may have been canceled out because he told. Then my theory that maybe Beard had something to do with getting Zava. Because, you know, Beard is yeah. connected to all the, like, mystical, like, otherworldly shit, right? Yeah. And he wouldn't tell Ted his wish, right, later no. in the show. Um, so, okay. I, I kind of like that because it, it validates a theory that I wanted to be true. But okay. anyway, so um, I was going to say, uh, if this is a common thing, that it makes sense why Danny would have also been wishing at 11-11. Because I thought, well, maybe Ted has, like, started this amongst the Richmond team. But I guess it's more common than I realized. Yep. So also still in the in the office with Rebecca and uh, the gang, uh, we learned that Zava, a soccer hotshot diva, is leaving Juventus and uh, is up for grabs. And Rebecca at first is all like, who wants the drama? Until <laughs> Until she learns that West Ham wants him. And then, of mm-hmm. course, Trent Krim, shout out to uh, the journalist of the group, notices her quick change of heart there. And he high-key loves it. He does. He's a messy bitch who loves drama. Mm-hmm. He uh, is. That's what, those, <laughs> that's, what those, that's what his leopard print shoes tell you, is that he is a messy bitch who loves drama. And his, uh, his quaff and his love oh, of a burgundy blazer, baby. He does love a good burgundy blazer. He a burgundy blazer. Okay. He really does. And his hair is phenomenal. Only Danny's hair is exceeding his this, this, this season. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so out in the hallway, Keely runs into fine-ass cola bikini and uh, Isaac. And yes. he wants a shoe deal. I love that he just <laughs> any type, just shoes. Just shoes. Uh, <laughs> Achilles like, okay, dude. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'll, I'll get on that. Um, and then she runs into Jamie as well, and it is awkward. It's awkward. Well, no, she also runs into she runs into um, Ted and asks for his advice. Right? Is this before or after Jamie? No, that also happens, but I was just skipping over it. <laughs> oh, well, because I liked it. No, because my notes were like she wants to do ayahuasca under the blood moon. And Ted was like, uh, and I was like, you know what? At first I thought that's a bit much. And then on the rewatch, I was like, you know what? I really think her employees need that. Uh, yeah. Actually, ayahuasca under the blood moon would help those people. Yeah. Like they, they they're need so it. like rigid and regimented. It's very weird. Yeah. Like, which I think it. is Barbara's fault, low key, but I'll talk about that well, later, maybe. Maybe. May- I, I get the distinct impression they all kind of move around. Like they're part of this investment thing. And yeah, they're so like, like consultants or something. Yeah, like so they're all kind of like moving around. So they just kind of get in, get out, get on with life. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she does run into Ted, uh, but she also runs into Jamie, and it's really, really awkward. He scurries away once he sees Roy. Yeah, coming. <laughs> he's tongue tied around her. Also, yeah. his accent this season has been turned up to like eleven. It's funny. Yeah. Kayla. Kayla. God damn it! I love him. Um. <laughs> yeah. Phil Dunster, I love him so much. And, um, but you know what's even more awkward than Jamie and Keely in this moment is 
Roy and Keeley in this moment. Mm-hmm. And Isaac notices and he says that they have broken up. Uh, kinesics, he says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a study of body language. It's science. And basically what he notices is that they don't have any eye contact. Keeley's arms are crossed and Roy's ass is clenched. As someone who always talks with my arms crossed, I really hate I really hate body language stuff. Oh, I love body language stuff. Oh, I no, I can't because uh, I always have hostile body language. So I've never noticed that. Well, I, I like I'm always with my arms crossed, and I rarely make eye contact. I um, I like body language. I like mirroring other people's body language because it puts them at ease. You mm. know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, I like I like kind of like studying body language stuff a little bit. Um. But about Roy's arse, mm. <laughs> his clinched arse, as, uh, as Isaac uh, says. Isaac, yeah, I keep wanting to call him Cola. Uh, as Isaac says, did you notice his butt was like the actor? <laughs> like, yeah, he's, Brett he's committing. Actually he did, is like, committing to the role. <laughs> he is. He is a talented actor. Yes, he was doing butt acting. <laughs> yes, yeah, he did like clinch his ass a little bit, and I was, <laughs> I just love that. I was like, okay, <laughs> you could see it in his little black jeans. Yeah, um, he's crushing it. Yeah. So Jamie sees them clearly acting broken up, you know, after Isaac points this out. And he marches down the hallway. So I have a question. When you first mm-hmm. saw this, who did you think he was going after? I legitimately thought it was Roy. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> because, like, I never thought it would be Keely because, like, we saw him kind of interact. I think he's still too awkward like i don't think he's regained his confidence around keely so i like i just assumed it was going to be roy okay i like i like that yeah he's still um a little bit too skittish and cautious around keely yeah when i saw this i thought he better not be going after keely (laughs) like i I wasn't i wasn't quite sure and um then when i saw he was going after roy i literally squeed like i squeed on my couch i was like it was "Ah!" very cute Okay, I love men bonding, being emotionally open and available to each other. I love it. I love it. So, and I, I love their conversation. So Janie go, Jamie goes into the room with Roy, and he shows such empathy for him, right? Like, Jamie is embodying. He's trying. Like, he's trying so hard, and he's embodying everything he learned from Ted. And um, he shows empathy for Roy, especially when he tilts his little head. Yeah, he's just, like trying. After he's, like, Roy trying confirms really they, they broke up, and he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Yeah." And uh, we learn that Roy broke up with Keeley, which answers our yeah. question from last episode. Well, it does. I also love that how everyone everyone assumes that she broke up with him. Right. Like even when he is like, even when he says that that he did it, they all kind of like second guess. They're, why? <laughs> They're like, why? Why? Yeah, why? Or like, yeah. Yeah, it's just funny. And of course, we do learn why. But it's, you can understand why they react that way at first. Because it's like, why would you ever break up with someone as wonderful as Keely? Yeah. And she's so perfect for you. She's so perfect. And it's like, I could understand her having like a million thousand other options. And like, low-key, like, Roy, you're nothing to sneeze at. Like, you do too. But it seems as if you would be smart enough to recognize like a good woman and not be foolish. Like that's what people are thinking. Like, how did you yeah. fuck this up, Roy? Yeah. Um, but Keely, it's deeper. It's yeah. deeper than that. You know, it's way yeah, deeper than something that is Roy. happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think we've talked about it before. I think he sees it as him holding her back. 
I think, yes, I wanted to call that out. You were, you were right. You were on to something last episode when you were talking about this. Um, and I think that something this episode kind of showed me was how I knew that they were doing something. I knew that when they were making them have issues in season two, that it was for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And this episode, and I think the arc that they've started to put him on for this like ultimate growth journey this episode, it makes so much sense why they wrote season two the way they did with the Roy Keeley storyline. Basically, yeah, I still he think was it, struggling. Yeah, like, I think he still we, is struggling. Yeah, but I think what, is what this now makes clear. But in a very specific way. Like, well, he, we know from, like, when they first got together, Roy was a hit it and quit it one night stand. Like, he didn't have a serious, you know, girlfriend type mm-hmm. thing. So he just wasn't used to being somebody's man. So all those little goofy missteps that he was making, you know, and they would smooth them out. But then he would make another goofy misstep. Like, and it now it makes so much sense why he would feel not up to the challenge, you know, inadequate. Like, he, he didn't have the skills to, like, be in that role for Keeley. I think, um, I also think it's, I think it's, like, that his life is changing so much. And he's still, like, we, he did talk about it last season of, like, who is he if he's not Roy Kent? Yes. And I think he is oh, still legitimately struggling with that. Yeah, it all ties and like together. Keely is like running ahead of him, and he doesn't like he wants. I, I think he sees her as much more impressive than him, and he doesn't want to be responsible for holding her back. Like he doesn't want her to miss opportunities for him. I like that, and I think that when we get to the Roy moment, mm-hmm. uh, I'll kind of talk about it. But I, I think that everything that I think the core of Roy Kent is that he has trouble dealing with the challenges that comes with change. And I think that it's with his personal life. I think it's with his professional life. I think that it also ties into what what Ted has been trying to teach him for a long time. It, it ties back into the wrinkle in time lesson about rising to the occasion of leadership like it all ties together to me so um hopefully i'll get into that at the end of the episode okay so um okay so back with roy and jamie jamie you know is is in the room he's trying to empathize with roy roy jamie is not the only person in the room (laughs) well i know will is poor will he got caught in the middle He gets caught in the middle of a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's like, we're all, we're three single guys. We should go out for drink shots. He's like, he's just trying to break it. (laughs) Well, I just love my favorite line. I think of the night comes from Jamie in this scene, which is, I forgot how skittish old people could be after the war. Yeah. What fucking war, Jamie? Uh, uh, Probably World War II because we're always old. (laughs) 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 So I like that little dig. But yeah. 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 I don't think so. The problem is, is, I don't think it's a dig. I think Jamie thinks it was a war that Roy went through. I like that better, actually. I legitimately <laughs> think, like, he thinks that there was a war. That's so funny. Um, so, but yeah, Roy, Roy assumes that Jamie's there to um, get his okay to ask Keely out. Uh, and of course, that is not at all the case. Um, and Mr. Roy, I have trouble expressing vulnerability, but eventually I come around, Kent. He gets yeah. all aggro, and he tries to fight Jamie 
when sweet little Jamie just wants to give him a hug and comfort him. So yeah, my my main boy, Jamie. Jamie Tart's like my main bitch in the show. Like he's like my. I know bitch. for for me it's for me it's Roy. It's like it 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 was of course Sam for the first two seasons. But we haven't seen Sam again in season three, so right now Jamie we'll, we'll Tart's get like to him. we're my gonna dude. get there. Yeah, because I feel like he's he's taking. I think him and Danny are gonna are gonna get some more time, screen time. I, so. I know that they will. Yeah, but Jamie has taken the lasso lessons to heart the most. Like he's 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 most improved. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think Jamie is gonna be a. I know this is kind of cutting ahead to predictions. I think Jamie and Roy are gonna be kind of one of the big like they're gonna have similar plot arcs this season mm, i would like to see that yeah mm-hmm. um next in the gaffer's office beard and ted talk about signing zava who ted only knows from a viral video called veggie dog vigilante <laughs> vigilante yeah i like the beard shrieking oh i love beard shrieking throughout this whole episode yeah anytime- yeah i love his shrieking anytime he shrieks i'm like yeah keep doing it beard keep shrieking anytime Zava's mentioned um yeah or or what happens when roy and keely break and then he runs back oh that's <laughs> oh my god i fucking love that so that's much true. uh it's kind of yeah it's kind of like a what the fuck like it's almost like a yeah he's embodying like what the audience kind of feels at certain moments i love I lo- yeah because it's so funny because you see it's so it's such a nice like little peek to see into Beard in that he's like very, very um like contained until he's not. Yes. Oh, that is a great yeah. That's Beard up and down. Yeah. He's very contained until it's just like a hot mess of what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's very uncontained. Um so yeah, this this video was basically where Zava stopped a robbery with a headbutt, which was like I mean some pretty impressive shit. If it it hurts to be while like holding food in his mouth and both of his hands, like I know Zava's supposed to be like a jerk diva, like whatever, but there's something kind of oddly sexy about like I'm kind of <laughs> like, I'm kind of I, I, I like, like the his vibe. weird ass accent that makes no sense that seems to shift every time I listen yeah. to it. Like, is it Greek? Is it like, is it Italian? Like, what is it? Is it Russian? I don't like, know what what's it? happening. I don't I know like that I need to find to Greek. out. Greek, but um, anyway. So at eleven eleven, an alarm dings on Ted's phone, and he and Beard make a wish. And this was where, at first, when I first watched it, I was like, Beard's wish was for Zava. Um, Mm -hmm. But then Danny said it. So I don't know. I'll give them both partial credit. So there's some kind of commotion that happens after this in the locker room. And from... Locker room commotion. Yeah. Yeah. And from... (laughs) That was a nice little song. It was like locomotion almost. I try. (laughs) Um, From context clues... It seems that Isaac is in there telling the rest of the team the same thing that he told Jamie Tart, which was that Roy and Keeley have broken up. And I I love this scene. It's like um the scene of them like trying to figure out what's happening. Yeah. Yes. 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 It's like it's like a who's on first extended bit of who's it was, on first who's on, it was, between like Zava and Trent Crim. Why is Zava gonna make a a thing on Trent Crim? Like what? What? Yeah. What? It was like some <laughs> kind of who's on first. Yeah. So, the first thing that we hear is Sam is like saying to Isaac, "Take it back!" Like he's all like super serious about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then there's more confusion and commotion that ensues when Ted comes out. 
And he's trying to explain what's happening or not happening to them. Somehow they go from Richmond is getting Zava to Trent is writing a book about them to Trent is writing a book about Zava joining the team to Zava is writing a book about the team to Zava is writing a book about Trent Krim. <laughs> and then, of course, the row is like, why would Zava write a book about Trent Krim? Uh, so I love that because <laughs> that's how you feel. Like, um, so many conversations like that where it's like you don't know what's happening and it's just like you, you get angry because it's like somebody start making sense, please. So I love that. And all of this just tickled me, Fuchsia. Like, just, just like I am now, I'm tickled. Uh, and then... Ted, when he finally clears things up, it turns out that they're talking about Roy and Keely breaking up. And again, Beard shrieks. And Beard uh, yelps. Ted almost faints. Faints. Correct response, Ted. Yeah. Correct. Like, I like that it was like, no one even were like, oh, you're overreacting, Ted. He, he, he was just like, what? Yes, this is the correct response. It is a correct response. Also, um, the amount of trust that Jason Sudeikis had to have to fall into Beard's yeah, he, arms. he, like, legit falls. Like that? Like, hopefully they had padding down and stuff, but I was like, that's a trust fall for you. Like, he trusts Brendan Hunt, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> and Roy, when he walks in, he doesn't want to talk about it, right? Very Roy Kent. He doesn't want to talk about anything. And he's like, this day can't get any fucking worse. Except that it does. It definitely does. Because Trent Krims shows up. And we know back from season one that Roy doesn't fuck with Trent, right? When he called him a colossal prick to his face. Just like he wasn't talking to another grown man. I don't remember that. Trent, this was when they went to um, see Phoebe's uh, soccer, her school. And they were playing uh soccer out of her school. And this is the first time that we see Trent and uh, Roy interact. And Trent is there talking to Ted, interviewing, you know, both Ted and Roy. And at the end of the conversation, Roy just looks at Trent and goes, Trent, you've always been a colossal prick. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's... So, yeah, like, Trent... I mean, I I like that they finally kind of put... But, like, that's something that I could... I could see Roy saying that to a lot of people. Yeah, man, but you got you know what I mean. Like they were they were building the story way back from like episode like, uh, episode like who knows like episode five of season one. I don't know what episode it was, but like back in season one. So now we know, we find out in this episode why Roy doesn't fuck with Trent, and that's just the last straw for Roy, who goes on nothing short of a tirade. All right, when Trent Krim shows up and he tells mm-hmm. the guys not to talk to Trent. Uh, so what did you think about this scene when, when Roy goes off? At first I thought he was just cranky. Um, I, you know, cause as much as I love and I do love Roy Kent and I think that he, um, is the best. He does occasionally, uh, have, uh, say it, uh, you know, temper tantrums, uh-huh. much like my dog is currently having right now. <laughs> He, or he stares he, at people and, and is, like, contemplating killing them, yeah, much like your dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I, no, he actually, um, I, I, you might not, have, you might have caught it on the mic. He, like, cried a little bit and then, like, in a huff left the room. So he's now Also sulking. sounds like Roy Kent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Slam the door behind him. 
If he could, he would have. Um, yeah. Um, so, and he farted before he left. <laughs> Maybe that's like I don't know if Roy Kent would do that, but it feels like something he could. He like yell. He's like oi, and then he like yells at people. He bombs out the room, and then he slams the door as he leaves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So my dog is pulling a real Roy Kent today. Um, but yeah, so I could. I I was kind of mystified by this because like. I could see Roy just doing this because. And I like we kind of get a reason for it. He's got his panties are all in a goddamn bunch. Yeah, because he's like already having a bit of a hard time. He's having the worst day. (laughs) Yes, he's having. He's having. He's having a time. Yeah. Yeah. His. Yeah. His black boxer briefs, which, you know, that's what he wears, are all bunchy. They're They're all bunchy. bunchy. I love I love that during this tirade that he goes on. Jamie is visibly trying not to crack up. Oh yeah, I saw that. On, I uh, love that. Twitter. I love. He is like <laughs> desperately trying not to to laugh. I saw that on Twitter. That was so funny to me because I feel like yeah. that was the actor trying not to yes, break and I fuck think up that was, the take. Yes, but I think, also then, it makes sense in the scene for Jamie to be getting kind of a giggle laugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so I like that they kept it. Um, yeah, it's great. So I loved in this scene that the guys try to comfort Roy. They all hit the side tilt in the oh, <laughs> the same yeah. way that Jamie did. Um, <laughs> but that just pisses him off more, you know. And then, of course, Trent shows up and it just compounds. And I also love that Ted, as you would expect Ted Lasso to have, he has an emergency breakup playlist. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> Which, yes, of course. And... um I also like learning that Beard has keys to Ted's apartment. <laughs> I thought that was Of course he does. For emer- uh, for emergencies, which this is clearly an emergency. Um and Will doesn't know what a CD is, so. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that was in my notes too. I was like, "Oh, come on." I yeah. feel like I feel like they would know if only because in older cars it would be in there. No, you have to send in like, you know, a Gen Xer to do this job. So Beard goes after the CD. Which is like, Ted, put it on goddamn Spotify. I mean, it is on Apple, you know. But, um, I mean, I think, you know, it's Ted. Yeah, which I don't fuck with Apple Music. So even though I'm like... Really? I don't fuck with Apple Music. I use Tidal. So, because, you know... I just have iTunes. But, um... (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, so even though I'm a music head, I don't... I looked at what's on the playlist, but I haven't really delved into it. Um, Mm. So, uh, because I think it's Apple exclusive. But um, anyway, so next we're with Keely, who gets a text from Ted. And I loved this little moment, just a small little thing. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. So I want to talk about this. Yeah. Well, let me read what the text says. Ted first. knows why. Okay. So I actually this. had to pause. Yes. I mean, let me read what it says and then you can go. So okay. it says, you just tell me when and where because I know why. Okay. How do you feel about that? Like Ted knows why? Yes, he does. Why? How? He knows why Roy broke up with her. Because Ted knows Roy. Ted has been working on this very thing with Roy. Like, I was going to get into this later, but basically, really quickly, like, when we first, like, season one, Ted's whole thing with Roy, the whole, like, wrinkle in time thing, the whole getting him to accept his role as, like, the person that the men on these team look up to like he's like he's the big homie he's the big brother right Mm -hmm. all of that was about 
getting Roy to feel comfortable within himself, first off, but then also, you know, taking on a leadership role and fulfilling the roles that he's been assigned through, like, the circumstance of his life and rising to the occasion of that. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you you are the captain. You are the team leader. You're also the social and kind of interpersonal leader for these for these men. Don't doubt your position in that. Stand up in it fully. Ted's been working with Roy on this. Even when Roy becomes, is when Ted, rather, is trying to recruit Roy to become a coach, that's the lesson that he's trying to teach Roy. You know you should be a coach. Just because you have to retire from football and you feel inadequate right now, don't quit. Don't quit the game. Remember, Roy was avoiding the whole game, you know, in season two. Mm. Don't do that. Come, come back to the game. Come be a coach because that's no, you know, that's where you should be. Don't quit out on it just because you are having these doubts in these moments of, of uh, insecurity, you know, and self-doubt and things like that. So Ted absolutely knows who Roy is. He knows what he's struggling with. He knows why. Uh, he would have broken up with Keeley because he was f- maybe feeling like he didn't meet the challenge of being with Keeley in an adequate enough way. And it's bu- that's bullshit, you know. Anyway, so I love that little moment from, from uh, Ted and Keeley, that text message. I just want to know. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know what he thinks. That is what he thinks. I know, but I want to see, see it. Or we see it's it at be... the we see it at the end. Oh yeah, but you want to see like it, it play out in the in the characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to see that too. Um, so, and then next with Keely, she's at a commercial shoot uh, for I think it's Kafka liquor, coffee liquor, um, and we get two new characters. So the first character is a tiny little lamb. Adorable. <laughs> Who some sicko named Clarice after Silence of the Lambs. Fucking sicko. And (laughs) did you notice that? I did not. (laughs) Yeah, so the lamb's name is Clarice. And um, it's bopping along to this, like, really good mix of Republicas ready to go. I couldn't find that mix anywhere. But it's it's better than the original. And um, the other new character that we meet is Shandy fucking Fine. She's crushing it. Who looks just like... Nicole uh, Richie from like the Simple Life era. Do you remember that? Yeah, she looks exactly like Nicole Richie. From I think back it's then. her hair. It's her whole like thing. Like even her mm. face kind of looks like when Nicole Richie was like a little bit healthier. Mm. Um, I don't mean healthy like that. I mean uh, thicker. You know, stockier. Yeah. So anyway, Shandy saves the day on the shoot, right? Because mm-hmm. they they wanted to do they wanted more extras, and she's like, you can fix it with camera trick. So Shandy's dope and awesome. Over with Miss Welton, uh, we're in Rebecca's office again, and Rebecca's mom, Deborah, returns to our lives briefly. <laughs> and there's something about like she she was dreaming about Rebecca being murdered <sighs> and like a spiritual camping retreat and psychics, all that yada yada. And yeah, uh, <laughs> my notes say she remains exhausting. <laughs> she is kind of, uh, but I I like her. I, I'll always like her. I like how she's so ridiculous. Uh, and Higgins comes in with bad news. Zava's people don't want to meet. Yeah. But the good news is that Zava is signing with Chelsea instead of West Ham. And he's jinxing it. He is jinxing it because I feel like Higgins, he's always trying to, uh, 
well, one, he's trying to seem more confident than he is maybe. But also I think he's always trying to give Rebecca good news. Like he's always trying to like measure the bad news with the good for Rebecca's sake. Um, so I always find it really cute when he's like trying to reassure her, but it's just never, it's never what she's wanting to hear really. Next, we see Trent Krim walking around the club. Uh, and this is when the Kinks' well-respected man is playing, which I loved that drop. I loved it. But at Richmond, he he apparently is not a well-respected man because nobody yeah, is giving weird. him. Yeah, nobody's giving him the time of day. They're all giving him the cold shoulder on account of Roy. And uh, Ted's done something a bit naughty, so he's put Trent in Roy's office, which um it makes sense because Trent's new desk legitimately where they have space. Yeah, yeah, because it was Nate's old desk. So mm-hmm. I feel like it, it makes sense, but then also I kind of feel like it's Ted, like being Ted, and he was trying to parent trap them a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, he loves a parent trap. Ted yeah. loves a parent trap. He does. And we also see in the scene that Roy got a desk full of condolence balloons and flowers. It was very, very cute. Yeah, and even teddy bears and stuff. Like people yeah. trying to make him feel better. Yeah. And we learn from Trent that this upcoming match will be Roy's first time back at Chelsea since he retired. And uh, Roy proceeds to pop balloons like a sociopath. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. He looks how pleased he looks with himself. He's so happy. When, when Trent leaves. <laughs> yeah, it was like mission accomplished, too. He was, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was like a little... Roy Kent, let me tell you. I have so much hope for him, but he's like, he's bonkers sometimes. Like, not even sometimes, most of the times, he's bonkers and crazy. And yeah, that was a little sociopathic to me. I think Trent gets what he wants a lot of the times by just being a little bit obnoxious and by being, um, Roy Kent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, you mean Roy gets what he wants? Yeah, Roy gets what oh, he wants. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like, Roy gets what he wants by being like, because he's net, we've never seen him be particularly like. I mean, he has been a little bit aggressive, but like, we've not seen him be too terrible. It's just like most of what he's done is clearly kind of toothless. Like it's clearly toothless. But like, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a little bit odd. It's this. Well, that's what I love about this episode. It's the we've always known this about Roy because we know how sweet he actually is and that all of this yeah. is just like a shell it's all bluster you know? yeah but this episode it kind of clarified how much how much he's constraining himself right like how much of a box he's putting himself in because he doesn't want to address other things you know other things are a little bit deeper and a little bit scarier to, to deal with but I, I love this episode because he's finally acknowledging that flat out you know and once you acknowledge it, you can move on and, and, and get to where you're supposed to be. So, um, yeah, even for as much as, like, I love Roy deeply. But, yeah, when I look at him sometimes, I'm just like, you don't have to do it that way, Roy. <laughs> and I feel like this episode is when you see, like, Roy Kent, the man, like, declare that maybe there's something else that he wants. And, you know, and there's another way to get it. I from this one. I really did. It, it's all in the the final episode, the final scene to me. Um, hmm. Okay, so back at Keeley's office, 
Keely introduces Shandy to Barbara, CFO. And yep. Barbara's a bitch to her. Oh, she is real shitty. She is. She is just talking shit left, right, and center. And being like shady and underhanded. I hate people that are like She's that. She's being a real see you next Tuesday. Yeah. Not even. You know, I feel like see you next Tuesdays have more flair than her. <laughs> I don't know. She's uh, that, she, she She's had just pretty. Be- um, She's just being an asshole. I don't know. She had you pretty know, great. Close the, uh, to, but, but a different orifice. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I really thought. I really thought that she was being real great when uh she did the um the I'm busy for the picnic. <laughs> I yeah. thought that was pretty I, pretty top notch. I feel like yeah, that's what I want to say like all the time. Like I'm bu- I'm busy. I don't know when it is, but I'm going to be busy. I'm going to be busy. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I'll make sure I'm busy. Anyway, so Keely goes and checks her ass, which she was absolutely warranted in doing. Um, but, you know, she does it in the nice Keely way, right? Firm, but also, like, still very warm. Well, I really thought that this was, like, I really thought she was going to, like, rip him a new one. Like, you kind of see her gearing up for it, and then she notices the snow globes. And she's, yes. like, you see her go um, take the Ted Lasso route, which is, like, you can't talk like this. You can't. You can't treat people like this. It's not polite. It's not. It's not acceptable. And then she, um, you know, then she's like, oh, I like your snow globes. And, like, the CFO kind of caves. Gives her a, you know, like, gives her the correct title. Client relationships coordinator. Yeah. Yeah, the, she comes around. Yeah, we see her, we see the crack in the, in the CFO's armor. Yeah. I love that Keely noticed those snow globes. I thought that was a very nice touch because... You know, we know that, like, Keely is a very kind of a self-actualized woman. You know, mm-hmm. she speaks her mind. Independent woman, right? Um, <laughs> and she's not going to take, like, shit off of people. Like, we've seen that with how she interacts with Roy and Jamie and, you know, Rebecca. Like, how honest she is with Rebecca and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But... She also is really good at, like, seeing other people and being empathetic. And so when she notices those snow globes, um, I really hope that this is kind of the beginning of Barbara coming around to Keeley's fold, you know, and kind of the overall warming of both Barbara and the whole office. Because I'm wondering if Barbara has so many snow globes because – you know, yeah, she's like a consultant and she moves around a lot. But I would think at some point, like if you're like really, really good, that one of those companies that you're like kind of temporarily at would maybe want to poach you. And, you know, she's kind of like moved around so much that like nobody wants to, nobody's ever tried to do that. Like I'm just kind of like fan casting a little bit. Well, you want her to be like permanent CFO of. Yeah, of- like I'm wondering if that if that's where they're going to go. If if Barbara and Keely are going to warm up to each other so much that um, Barbara is going to end up staying with Keely, you know, and that'll be like the first time that she's really asked to stay because it's the first time that anybody has uh, taken an interest in bringing her into a team and making her like a better version of herself, you know, kind of yep. like, you know, kind of like Keely starts her own well, AFC like, Richmond, you know? Well, yeah, well, it's also that, but I also think it's more of um, Rebecca's 
influence on Keely. Like, this is, like, she is giving, I, I think when we see in the previous scene where, like, Shandy is so proud of Keely because she made it out all on her own. But Keely didn't. Keely had Rebecca. And so I think she is trying to be the Rebecca here, helping people out. Mm, I love that. And building up other women. Yeah. Right. I like that. And you can do that with both Shandy and a woman like Barbara. Yeah. By just being honest and calling, you know, calling them on their shit and be like, yo, we're not going to tear other women down. Yeah. I fuck with that. I love yeah. Or it's, it's not even we're not going to tear other women down, but like. Like it's it's that it's in that scene, but I think it's we're not going to tear other people down. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um. So on game day, uh, Paul comes into the pub looking all dandy. I love a dandy Paul. That was great to see. <laughs> and he brings top hats for the rest of the pub guys, Baz and Jeremy. I think their names. I can are. never remember their names, and I kind of refuse to it. I just refer to them as, uh, the pub guys. <laughs> but I do know they have their top hats. Yes. And everyone is all excited to be back in the Premier League. So I was very happy to see that. And May yep. at the Crown and Anchor. Mm-hmm. Rebecca and Keeley and Higgins are in the stands. And they're plotting on Zava, who Higgins' sketchy intel tells yeah, him is Yeah, his sources are suspect. <laughs> suspect as shit. Yeah, they're fucking wild. Um, but they do seem to produce information pretty quickly. Yeah, but, like, who knows how reliable that information is. <laughs> it's, like, somewhat reliable. You know? It's, like, a little I reliable. mean... Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, Higgy Bottoms did jinx, we do find out later in this. He did jinx them. He absolutely does jinx them. Uh, Higgins is bad luck. As sweet as he is, he's bad luck. <laughs> he's doing his best, man. He's doing his best. He's, he's his just... Best. A weird dude. Um, <laughs> Just a weird little dude. He's, he's, you know, I love him. Uh, I do too. <laughs> so Roy gets a roaring welcome from the Chelsea fans, uh, which I loved seeing that. And you can yeah. kind of, I watched this episode an embarrassing number of times, um, mm-hmm. but you can kind of, it was, it was four, but. <laughs> <laughs> You I watched kind, it twice. You can kind of see, like, even in this moment, the wheels were turning a little bit for Roy. You can kind of see it in his face, you know? So, um, anyway. I just like when he greets the old Bruce on the, uh... Oh, yes. The field. And Bruce learns, fuck you, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, what is he? He calls him, like, something you like, something, the something you old fuck. You old geezer? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I dumped her, you old geezer. Yeah. Because that guy yeah, has the same reaction of like, what happened with Keely? And we learn that, uh, this is out on the field, Danny, Danny Rojas, he's not only a Zava fan, right? Because Zava shows up in the stands. Yeah, after he was so nervous. Roy's uh, ovation. Yeah. But him seeing Zava, it makes his heart race in a way that it hasn't since he was in El Chapo's Youth League, which is terrifying. <laughs> I did legitimately enjoy that joke. It was a horrifying joke. I did too. And I could also kind of see Danny Rojas in El Chapo's Youth League and being kind of like both scared, but and also still Danny Rojas and like overly optimistic. You know what I mean? 
Like Danny, you should be terrified. But he's just like, football is life. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm playing. I mean, bless his heart. Danny is not that bright. I think he's really bright. I just think that it's like he's just a ray of sunshine and he doesn't let he doesn't let like the, the, the negative stick to him. You know what I mean? He'd rather look on the positive side. Could be. You know what? I, 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 I'll, I'll take that one because I don't think I like how because I think they've all bought into being like super positive, which makes them a little bit more like naive this season. All the teams like all the t- all the players. you know, all the players. Yeah. All the Greyhounds? Maybe so. Yeah, yeah, they're all like a little bit more like Ted. <laughs> yeah, they're all a little bit goofy. Yeah. And they're all being a little bit more silly this season. Yeah. And I kind of like it. Which I love, yeah. Um, so Chelsea scores an early goal, mm-hmm. which sucked. And Scar, I mean Rupert, shows up and we see him talking to Zava. Yeah, because Higgins jinxed it. He did jinx it. He did. He did. He he didn't try to. Like Higgins, he, just, he was just Higginsing it up. Higgins is always out there doing his best for Rebecca. Okay, and he may not always have the right methods or the right information, or the right tools. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but he tries, and that's why you love Higgins. So, <laughs> and he's a good family man, and he loves his wife, and he's very sweet, um, and he plays a mean bass. Um, upright at that. Yeah. He's so, doing his best. Yes. And we hear from Rebecca how persistent Rupert is when he wants something, right? So Rebecca's like freaking out. Over in the locker room with the boys. They're trying to strategize, but they shut right up when Trent walks in the room. Yes. As they have been doing. And Ted goes and pulls Roy to the side and tells well, him. First, he makes a joke about. We need to like t- turn this around like a Hallmark movie, oh, Hallmark yes. Christmas movie, and the team and it just goes over everyone's head. I think they pick up what he puts down. You know what I mean? I mean, except for Roy. <laughs> no, I think they all are kind of like Hallmark Christmas. What the fuck are you talking about, you maniac man? Oh, maybe so because maybe that's not a thing over in the UK. It's probably it must not. Not be. I don't think they have Hallmark. I don't know. Do they? I don't, I don't know. know. If any of we have listeners in the UK, do you get weird, dumb, like holiday movies? Because that's us. all they are. It's just. Deeply stupid holiday movies. They all have as like Ted accurately described them. Yeah, he's like, like he's like except that I hate them with a burning passion. He's like they're great, but they're all, they also mostly suck. But they're great. They're great with the sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, UK listeners, I know that we have some. All let's see. Maybe four of you. Please tell us. Um, <laughs> so, they know they know excellent content content when they hear it over in the UK. Hell yeah! So, um, right. So Ted pulls Roy to the side and he tells him to order off the vegan menu and squash the beef that he has with Trent. And um, basically, Roy confronts Trent about a bad review. I love this. So, like, so one, this is, sorry, I know we're not going to get, like, I can't, I can't help myself. I know you're going to go here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. This is what Uh Ted should have done with Jamie. Go ahead. This is 100% what Ted should have done with Jamie in season one. This is what he should have done. I'm sorry. But (laughs) he doesn't. I'm so sorry. I'm going to show I'm up. so, like, because Ted is serious in this. Like, this is, like, there is a little bit of, like, this isn't, like, it's still Ted. It's still delivered. It's still, 
like whatever but like it's still delivered in a somewhat serious manner but like when he actually gives like get your shit together get it to fucking gather Roy Kent get it together you are reacting like a child get it together like this is the dressing down like he should have given to Jamie in season one now do I think it would have worked no I don't however he should have done it and I love that he did it and I love and I love that like Roy took a step back and was like fucking okay and then I also like how I do kind of enjoy how afraid Trent is of Roy in the next scene I also like that like I don't think he would have gone in there if Ted hadn't been like it's fine go yes 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 because Ted does give him a little like nod yeah yeah all right so can I offer rebuttal we're never going to agree, but I, I can't stop you, so go ahead. I'm not asking you to agree. I just want to be clear on what my position is. Because I've always found it very strange that you, like, keyed so heavily in on this point. My only position has always been that Ted stood up for Nate, but he did it in a smart method as opposed to a method where all of the work was going to be done by him. He enlisted Roy Kent. Because Roy Kent, remember, when season one first starts out and both Ted and Rebecca pose a really big question to their helpers, to Higgins and to Beard, who's the man that this team listens to? And we come to find out that it's very clearly Roy Kent. So that's always been my my thing is that the method that Ted uses is was that he went to Roy Kent. He does the same thing here. Right? So if Nate Nate was being ostracized by the team, in this situation Trent was is being ostracized by the team and he has to go to Roy because Roy is the person that d- dictates how the team behaves because he's the big brother. He's the big homie. And then the other thing that I'll say about this Ted actually did go directly to Jamie and give Jamie not one but two dressings down in season one. The first one was when Jamie put the gum in Nate's box and he goes directly to Jamie. And what does Jamie do? Jamie doesn't listen to Ted because Ted has no cachet with Jamie or any of these men. Who has the cachet? Roy Kent. The other time that he goes to Jamie was the Island Iverson speech. And he dresses, dresses Jamie down directly. So that's that's the only thing. I just want to clarify. You don't have to agree with me. But my position is that Ted is consistent. He cleverly goes to the person that they will most listen to, the person they respect, the person that is their pack leader and who maintains the social order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that about Ted. I remain un- I remain unconvinced. I, I think it would be ham-fisted if Ted in that moment, when Trick came in and was looking all sad, I think it would be ham-fisted if, tr- if Ted went, hey, everybody, don't treat Trent like that. I've invited him into this team to do a book on us, and we're all going to talk freely amongst him. I think that would be ham-fisted, and I think it would not work. So my only no, point think- has ever been that Ted is smart. That's all. My point is, is that he left a vulnerable, and, like, I just... I know which I know what your point is. And like I said, I don't want you to I don't need you to agree with me. I don't I don't agree here. Like this one I can't like with this one I don't mind. But he also addresses it quickly. Yes, 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 yes. Much so, more quickly than with Nate, the stuff with Nate. 
I don't agree with that, but but sure. I do. <laughs> so I said it. <laughs> so yeah, so basically Roy confronts Trent about this bad review that Trent wrote when Roy was just 17 years old, his first year in uh, the Premier League playing with Chelsea. And Trent gives his mea culpa. Uh, he basically says he thought he was being edgy, right? Yeah. And uh, to me, this was all kind of very meta. I don't know if they intended it, but I definitely kind of read it as them maybe commenting on how some critics um, have, have come at Ted Lasso, the show. Um and uh, there's some other things that they do throughout uh, throughout se- throughout episode one and this episode that are kind of meta. And so I'm kind of I'm kind of loving these moments that they have. Um, hmm. Anyway, Roy and Trent squash their beef. Right. They do. Very quickly. Although, Roy, very although Trent is still clearly a touch afraid of Roy. <laughs> who would not be afraid of he gets to barking at people, you know, and who would not be afraid of Roy Kent? Yeah, he man- he legitimately growls at people and manages for that not to look ridiculous. Yeah, he somehow manages to make it cute and funny. Yeah, <laughs> but like Jamie said, Jamie said this when they went into the when he yelled at, at Trent to go into the shower. He's like, it's funny when he yells at other people. <laughs> yeah. But I could imagine how I love, if he's I love yelling at, at you, it wouldn't be funny. Yeah, yeah. So my, my next question was, what did you think about this scene? But I think we've already talked about it. Yep. Da, 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 da. Um, oh, but I did just want to say about this. I love that Ted is looking after both Trent and Roy so much in this episode. Um, he's got to watch out for his boy Trent because he owes Trent, you know, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trent also probably really needs this book, like this opportunity as a, as a career lifeline because he is kind of burned as a journalist. Right. Like he broke a, a really major yeah. journalistic tenant. So uh, he's got to find a, another career path a little bit. Um, I think Ted understands that. Uh, and then maybe more importantly, I think that Ted fears that Roy, by acting like an, an ass, will jeopardize his own growth as a leader. Well, he's also going to jeopardize them winning the game. Like and. Like, I think, actually, I think what I liked about this, what I liked about him quashing this beef, as he would say, ordering off the vegan menu. Um, well, I think it harkens back to that conversation that um, Coach Beard had with him all those years ago. That, like, this is more, like, it seems like it's just a game. Like, if, if he doesn't talk, like, he could prevent, he's preventing this, he's, this awkwardness, this preventing them from talking, preventing the team from being themselves would have a much broader impact than just this one game because it can mean they get relegated. It could have this huge impact. And I think you're right about him, Roy, failing to grow as well. But I think it's more along the lines of, like, he needs needs to win this whole fucking thing. I like that, and I kind of hope that's what he meant. Mm -hmm. Uh, My read was a little bit different in that, like, because Ted – is being Ted, and he kind of explicitly says, like, it's not about the game. <laughs> like, he kind, of, he kind of says, like, he's kind of looking at Roy a little bit more seriously. And that's why I picked up that it was kind of, like, some, like, very real man shit in that moment. Like, I picked up that he was telling Roy, you're backsliding. Like, you, you're not being who you know you should be. And then, like, two if you're going to be a problem on this team, like I'm going to have to be a boss to you. You know what I mean? And and like, 
discipline you. Like I kind of got a vibe off of it where he's like, this doesn't mesh with what I need from you. So straighten the fuck up. You know, I kind of got that off of him. I like it. Again, um should have done this to Jamie. <laughs> uh, but that's neither here nor there. He did do it with Jamie. He did not. Yes, he did. So, <laughs> so um, I guess not to your satisfaction is what you're saying. No, he should have read John. Like, he basically read Roy the Riot Act there, the Ted version of it. Yeah. And he did not do that with Jamie. I gave you two examples where he absolutely did. That's why I say, like, not to your satisfaction. He didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So in the next scene that we see, Higgins and Rebecca are afraid that Zava is going to West Ham at this point. Because Rupert was over there. And based on more of Higgins' grapevine intel, you know, he's all like, my, my nephew's dogs last owners baby's mama or whoever said it. blah 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 i love XYZ. Higgins network it, it was terrible like if um if Varys had like the little birds in game of thrones like higgins has like don't remind me of game of thrones <laughs> don't it still hurts after all these years higgins has like his little his little squirrels but they never have like the full nut you know what i mean yeah it still hurts after all these years mm-hmm. it, it actually You're does you're doing it it really does. It hurts my heart. I was so worried about that with uh, The Last House. of Us. Oh, Last of Us. Oh. Also, I will maintain, still no Pedro Pascal on this episode. Why not? He would do great. Dog. It's devastating. Also, Loki, I just want to say, uh, you were right being worried about the internet. Because I don't be fucking with the internet. Like, you're on the internet more than I am. I so, like, internet. you were right That's about where this. I live. What you did I right. do now? What was I right about this time? You were right. <laughs> <laughs> about the internet? about the internet getting out of control with uh pedro I, I it's just, fucking weird i, feel I don't like, care for it at this point like i'm i'm going like he seems uh, a lovely man yeah and I, I i just it's freaking me out man i'm going um kind of cold turkey on the on the pedro content because I don't want to contribute well, to the demand yes. for it. It'll be much more special when you encounter him next. I, yeah, but I don't I don't want to contribute to the demand. Because people, it seems like when he goes out, everybody wants to get a selfie. You know, yeah, th- they're photographers and all this stuff. And I'm just like, he's too sweet and pure and wonderful of a person as far as we know. Um, yeah, you got to say that these days, as far as I know. As far as I know. Um, that I don't want him to, and I think it'll pass at some point. But... Um, let that man have some peace. Let him get some coffee, yeah. on, you know, just and be a normal person. So anyway, so uh, Rebecca goes over to see Zava. Uh, but of course, she runs into goddamn Rupert. And uh, Zava comes God, out to fucking worst. Yeah. And, you know, Rupert's being a, a dick and all this stuff. He's always the worst. It's It literally says on my notes, Rupert continues to be the worst. Yeah. And he gives her all this bullshit about... Like uh, maybe I'm just like every other man got meh, yeah I got tired of the same old same old, old. Meh, 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 and then he's also like oh it's so nice to have a, a gaffer that actually knows about the game and it's like well will I de fucking die like whatever somebody that knows football <laughs> okay if that's your thing you know he I mean? does have a gaffer but- <laughs> that knows the game it's beard <laughs> beard knows the game if uh right like be like they got you know they got, they got shooters beard. on their side too like beard yeah. beard knows stuff Roy knows stuff yeah. You know, like Ted, 
Ted just has to be pretty. Like, he doesn't have to know everything. Like, Ted whatever. Ted just has to be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so. Love yeah. it. Yeah, so I hated it because Rupert and Zava seemed very chummy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but she doesn't give up, right? So she goes marching off after this exchange, and she is a woman on a mission. She goes and she finds Zava, and he's taking a piss in the men's room. And uh, she takes him to task about being overrated, overpaid, and eating too much fucking asparagus. All right. And she challenges him to come and play for the underdog if he's so good. Right. You can play anywhere. Yeah. I would also like to point out that uh, that's genetic. Oh, being able to smell it. Well, smell it and producing the smell. Oh, is it producing as well? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. There's like four ways you can break down. You can produce the smell. And smell the smell. You can produce the smell and not be able to smell the smell. Mm. You cannot produce the smell and be able to smell the smell. Mm-hmm. And you can um, not produce the smell and not be able to smell the smell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's genetic on, on both sides. You didn't play, like, this is the thing. I when, when we were taught about, this is Mr. Freeman in seventh grade. This is how we learned about genetics. It's like you can, if you can taste it. So, like, it's a, they give you this, because it's a chemical. Mm-hmm. And so if you can taste it, then, you know. You know if you can, uh, uh, if you can smell it. So okay. it's, it's a thing they give you. It's like a test. So you guys were doing like Punnett squares. Punnett squares, baby. With like uh, about asparagus smells and tastes. Um, yeah. You just sounded like Donald Rumsfeld to me. So you're like, because there are no knowns, and then there are known unknowns, and then there are unknown unknowns. <laughs> usually, well, usually I, I, I usually describe it as they're smelly smellers, smelly non-smellers, non-smelly smellers. <laughs> like like it's it's, it's going to get real weird into I it. I loved but. it. I loved that. I learned something. I didn't know that. I thought the yeah, genetic, genetic part was only about whether you could smell it, but some people don't produce it, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um. If if the if you are an asparagus, uh, peer out there, and you have no idea what we're talking about, you've never smelled it, and I guess you wouldn't yeah, know um, whether you produce it or not or not. Yeah. Write in and um tell us about your life. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> Rebecca is is in this bathroom with Zava, mm-hmm. and she says, "Yeah, yelling at him." And she says that he's going to sign with West Ham because they're a big shiny team. Mm-hmm. But she's like, "If you if you really want to be an artist, if you want to stay a star without having to worry about the executive producer all up in your videos, you know, dancing, come to death row, right?" Like she has like a Suge Knight moment almost, and. Then she looks like Bales, right? Like the gangster that she is. And she leaves Zava there to contemplate. Like, where do I really want to be? What what would stir up, right? The soccer, um, the soccer industry the most, right? So Zava's still there. He's peeing and contemplating. And in the game, back in the game, Richmond scores a goal to tie things up. On Danny, with Danny's face. Yes. So Colin drives it down the field. He passes it to Sam, who kicks for a goal, but it ricochets off the goal frame, and it goes into Danny's face and <laughs> and banks off of Danny's face back into the goal net, and fucking Danny Rojas. You know, he likes, like, it's Danny and headshots. Like, whether it's his own head or a dog's head, he likes using Aww. people's heads to, uh... <laughs> he likes meeting people's uh, heads with footballs, I guess. And... At the uh, Chelsea postgame presser, this is when things get really good, Zava shocks the world. Rebecca's little speech worked, and he chooses not to go to Chelsea or yeah, to West fun. Ham. 
but he goes to Richmond. Huzzah! Huzzah! Um, I like that she called it a sour yell. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. She doesn't sweet talk him. She gives him a sour yell. So just a note here. When Rebecca, Higgins, and Keeley are leaving Chelsea after mm-hmm. Richmond denies them a win, did you notice this? She's all like, she's in a hurry. She's like, we need to get back to the office. It won't be safe here. <laughs> <laughs> Which I assume is like a dig at Chelsea Hooligans. Mm. Uh, but I thought that was hilarious. And then the team learns that they got Zava. So everybody in the locker room, they go ballistic. Beer shrieks again. Beer shrieks, but Jamie Tart is yeah, he's not, not convinced. He's, he's not feeling this whole. Yeah, he does not care for it. I'm worried. I'm worried for Jamie. Yeah. Um, I think Jamie Jamie knows what's up. Like, I texted you about this. Like, I think he's weary, right, of another hotshot joining. Like, I kind of think it's a little of that. I hope it's not that because that would signal jealousy. And I really think that Jamie Tart has grown past that. But I think that it's a little of that and mainly that he knows the peril of having a diva. And particularly of having a diva on this team. I think that he's worried about the team overall and team cohesion. And, um, you know, he even says, like, oh, fans are not going to like this. When It turns out that, like, fans, the fan they reaction do. in the pub, they loved it because they want to win. But I think that what he's he's signaling is, like, this isn't going to be good for Richmond somehow, you know? Or at least I he's think, worried about it. I think he's worried about it. I think he's – I don't I – don't, I want to – I don't know. See, the thing is, is like I think he's maybe worried about a backslide. So that's something I want to talk mm-hmm. about, to be honest, because that's like, um, yeah, or maybe like I think he's worried about himself backsliding, or like I think he does take pride in being the hotshot player on the team. I think so. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's still as much as he, as much as he has grown. Like he said last episode, like we're a team. And as a team, we still have me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, it's still, he still joking. identifies as that. I think he's yeah. half joking. But. Oh, so you're worried about this. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried. Because, like, I could see Jamie backsliding. He is very dumb. Oh. And he's got that hair. Don't. And that hair is. And it has the blonde highlights. And so oh. that's only feeding more Maybe into a stereotype he's... now. Maybe it doesn't made him more dumb. Uh, the highlights have seeped into his his brain. Pores, yeah. Yeah, I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm concerned for him. Yeah. Um, I hope that you're wrong. I hope I'm wrong too, but I think like, I think he's like, I mean, I couldn't say I necessarily blame him. Like, it's not. I don't think it makes him a bad person. Like, he is. He should have pride in himself. Um. But it's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm worried for him. I'm just worried for him. I, I am worried about that, too. Um, I'm slightly less worried about Jamie backsliding than I am about Zava corrupting the, t- the dynamic on the team. I think the but rest I am of the worried. team will, will, I'm not too much worried about that. I kind of want to see how Zava will respond to uh, uh, Ted. I'm really excited about that. That's going to be something. Yeah. I think really Zava is. with everybody, that dynamic is going to be weird. I think Zava and Roy is going to be a weird thing. I think Zava and Beard's going to be a weird thing. I think Zava and I really Sam. Think, like, ugh. ugh. 
Yeah. What's going to happen I think, there? I think Zava and Roy are weirdly going to get a, get along. I could kind of see that. Because, like, one, mostly because um, Zava is, or Roy Kent does not give a shit. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, Roy will fuck Zaba up too. It doesn't yeah, matter if like, Zaba Roy has will, like, like if you five think, inches on him. <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter. Roy will fuck his shit up. Like Roy will somehow like there will be headbutting involved. Like it, yeah. like yeah. Roy so, already like, like threatened to put his forehead through somebody else's skull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So it's like. And I fully believe, like, Roy, if, even if Roy has to climb on a ladder to get up there, he will. He will. But you know what would be the coolest kind of um, flex for the writers? Mm-hmm. Is if they brought Zava on and made Zava an angel. And, you know, and I kind of pulled see, well, an like, okie doke, like, kind of pulled a psych on us. I don't really? think they're going to do that, but I, I, I don't would think like they're going to do that. Yeah, I'd like it. Because there do. needs to be some conflict in the in the final season that's not just n- Nate. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think the main conflict is going to be Nate. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be the main one, but I think it's going to be because they've always we're going to do that, and then like there's going to be stuff like a B story. Yeah, and it's going to all kind of dovetail together into yeah. like. You know, there's going to be fracas on the team itself, and then there's then they're going to unite to whoop, uh, you know, West Ham's tush. Yes. Um, so lastly, okay, here's where we get into the thing that was pulling on my heartstrings all week. Um, we're back in the gaffer's office in Richmond, mm-hmm. and Ted gets in a period joke about. Beard not being late to Jane's friend's play about the menstrual cycle. I thought that was cute. I, I, I don't <laughs> want to talk about Beard being with Jane anymore. Uh, Jane is still the worst, apparently, because she still finds Ted and Beard's relationship threatening, which is... I fucking hate it. Continually uh, strange. Yeah, and I think, I think Beard has accepted that Jane is bad for him. I would hope so. But can't can't do anything about it for some reason he likes it like we talked about this last season he likes it <laughs> i don't know why but maybe i don't know i don't know maybe he thinks he doesn't deserve more i don't know what the issue is mm. but it's bumming me out um jane's probably really good in bed or something so, so i don't know what i don't know <laughs> that's not enough for me personally, Ugh, but whatever it hurts me so Ted tells Trent, heck of a first week, to which Trent responds, and we've only just begun. And I was disappointed that Ted Lasso didn't make a Carpenter's reference here, right? Because mm-hmm. it was right there, Ted. So you let me down for the first time <laughs> ever. Um, Whatever. So anyway, so, oh yeah, let's get to the good part. The revealing of Roy Kent. So being back at Chelsea... Roy says it was it felt sad for him and basically he bears his soul and he says he left Chelsea because he started to feel like he couldn't keep up and that he wasn't enough right it was all that he could think about all season and Ted's like well you know a lot of folks think it's better to quit than to be fired uh 
But here's the gut punch. Roy says, there's a part of me that thinks maybe I should have stayed and just fucking enjoyed myself. But that's not who I am, I guess. And okay, mm-hmm. that was a lot. <laughs> that was so much. That was so much. It was it was like strumming my pain with this. Like I started like, dude, like Roy, Roy, Roy. It was a lot for me. Um, and Ted does a cute thing about how they probably wouldn't have met had Roy not left left Chelsea when he did. That was um, adorable. It was so cute. And Trent Krim, uh, you know, he's all observant, right? And because <laughs> he's a journalist. And he picks up on the vast metaphor that Roy just dropped there. And he says, sport is quite a metaphor. Um, so there are a couple of things that I wanted to kind of just delve into with this whole Roy kind of speech that he gives at the end. So Roy... He, he basically tells us he hung up his cleats rather than stick around at Chelsea to enjoy the journey for what it is. And um, this bit of insight on him applies to so many things to me. You know, like I mentioned, first, um, it, of course, applies to uh, him and Keeley and why they broke up. Uh, he seemed to fear that he would let her down like we talked about, um, which mm-hmm. makes so much sense, like based on how we saw him acting last season. Um, but also, you know, clearly it's why he left Chelsea. And it even applies to like other things we've seen him struggle with throughout the seasons, including, you know, how he retired from Richmond. Right. We saw that whole story arc with him feeling like he was getting too old, you know, the injury. And when he finally quit, he just avoided football altogether, right, after retiring. Um, we saw it in his reluctance uh, in becoming a commentator, which was something that he has a, had a clear knack for. Keeley thought that he had a clear knack for, you know, but he was doubting himself. He was doubting, doubting whether he should do that, whether he could live up to that, whether that was who he was or was he a footballer, but he could no longer be a footballer, you know, and so he was kind of in this quandary. We saw that in the saga of him becoming a coach where Ted basically had to go after him and court him, you know, and uh, convince him that he needed to, that he would be good in that role and that he could fill that role um, rather than just being a player. And, uh, you know, other people told him that he would be good at these things, but he doubted himself, um, which caused him to struggle, you know, early on in those things until he got his footing. And even, you know, reluctance, um, at being the clear pack leader at Rich at Richmond at first, like even though he was the captain, like he really fought against Ted, like wanting to teach him that wrinkle in time lesson, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, Ted knows all about these things, and I think that that's why he texted Keeley, you know, what he meant when he said like, "Tell me when and where, because I know why." It's Roy's central flaw, and Ted's been trying to work on that for two seasons, and. You know, funnily enough, like, Roy kind of, he knows how important this lesson is because it's also very similar to the lesson that he taught Isaac, right, when Isaac was becoming captain and he was all up in his head and he wasn't enjoying the game anymore and, you know, he was wondering whether he could fill Roy's shoes and Roy takes him to that, um, to the, like, uh, th- that field that's uh, by those flats 
um, where Roy grew up. And he teaches him again how to just be there and enjoy the game again. So I found that really interesting that like what Roy says in this scene where he's like, I should have just stayed and enjoyed myself and not worried about the other shit. Like he kind of already knows a little bit of that lesson. And a part of his arc is learning how to apply that to himself. And when Roy says, um, but I guess that's not who I am. I think the show is definitely going to give Roy a major growth moment, right? Because like Ted says, not yet. So I think that's them signaling that like, you're going to get there, Roy, right? That like you've been on this arc for two seasons. This final season, you're going to get there where you can unclench. <laughs> like, like, like Isaac was talking about his clenched ass. Like that's kind of how I see Roy is like his bluster, his hard shell is him, that's the kind of defense mechanism that he uses to deal with the fact that even though he's this incredibly accomplished person, he's not always super confident in his ability to rise to these occasions. Even though when he does, he does great. But he's just, he has this doubt. He still has self-doubt. And everybody has, everybody has that sometimes. And in this episode, I heard Roy as saying, I recognize I should let some of that go. I recognize that I should cut myself a break, that I should give myself some slack, that I should enjoy what's in front of me, even if I'm scared of failing, you know, and not living up to that challenge. Maybe that fear is okay, but it doesn't have to ruin everything and make me quit. So I think when Ted said not yet, I think that that was signaling to the audience that Roy's going to go on that journey. I think he'll get there. And maybe as he grows into himself, like a fuller version of himself, on that journey, he'll find his way back to Keeley. Like that, that's where I think they're going. Oh, and then I also thought that this was kind of meta commentary on um, the ending of the show. Allegedly, the ending of the show at season three. Uh, when Ted says, quit before you get fired, right? So I think, you know, it's kind of that thing where shows say they want to like go out on high notes. I like that. I like when they get a chance to end their their story. Yes. So I thought it was kind of like another little meta drop from the Ted Lasso writers as a show. Um, and then I thought that maybe this could also be Ted talking about relationships, right? So like Roy quit on Keeley and Ted was kind of fired by Michelle. Well, in Roy's case, it was actually uh, quitting quitting Chelsea. Another woman, in a way. But they both ended up at Richmond. And um, the last thing that we see is Ted looking pensive and, you know, thinking about Roy's comment. And perhaps he's thinking about Roy's comment in relation to his own life. You know, like, you know that he has a deep history with, like, quitting things. He's not a quitter. Um and uh, Roy's whole thing about, you know, I shouldn't have quit, but I should have stayed and enjoyed the ride, basically. Like, I think that Ted is kind of ruminating that, ruminating on that in his own life a little bit. And I don't know which direction he'll take it. I don't know if that means that Ted is kind of thinking about America and thinking, you know, oh, you know, I shouldn't have bailed on America. 
um, and on my son and on, you know, like all that stuff. Or if he's going to take it the other direction and think like, let me enjoy the ride at Richmond. I don't know which one, but I definitely saw Ted Lasso thinking in that last kind of little shot of him. Hmm. Um, did you have any feelings about the Roy scene? I didn't understand it at all. I am sometimes an idiot, so I didn't get it. I didn't understand what this conversation was about and what was happening. <laughs> and it makes a lot more sense now that you've explained it. I was like flabbergasted. I was like, something else is happening here. I don't know what it is. Oh, it was fucking like beautiful to me. It really was. And I like fully missed it. I um, I'm sure there's like other stuff that I didn't catch, and I ran through that kind of quickly because I can be an extremely long-winded winded person. But um, yeah, I just loved it. I you know, if they pull this off with Roy, this growth journey for Roy, he will become my favorite person. It's really tough. Like they're all my favorite because I love Ted. This like off the bat, off rip. I love Sam because Sam is wonderful, and I'm still rooting for the the Sam and Rebecca relationship. Um, and I and I just I love Toheeb. I think he's gorgeous. Um, he's wonderful. I love Jamie because he's like the most improved pupil at this moment. And then Roy is not really in that upper echelon for me. He's very near it. But if they Roy. pull this off with him, like Roy will be the the coolest fucking character like he'll for me personally he'll be the most relatable character in like a fictional um dramedy you know Mm. like that he will be my guy so i hope that they pull this off for for roy um so yeah that's the end of the episode do you want to do segments segments let's do it all right let's get it so our first segment is the moment that was life. Football is life. No, 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 no. Julia, what was your favorite moment? I think it might have been, and this is really petty, but a lot of it might have been, it might have been in the breakup scene with Beard shrieking and Ted fainting. Because as silly as it was, I'm sorry, that is the correct response. Yes. Like, the f- <laughs> that is the fucking correct response. Like, that was perfect. Like, like, and I, I, I just kind of liked how everyone, how do I explain? Like, I just like how everyone took it seriously. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, and it was, you know, it was very sweet, but also very, very silly, too. They're concerned about their boy. They're concerned. They're concerned about Roy Kent. What about you? What is the moment that was life? I loved uh, that moment. I thought that was good. Uh, of course, the Roy, the Roy moment. I mean, obviously, right? I just went mm-hmm. on the whole thing about yeah. it. Um, yeah, I, it was. I watched it over and over again. All right, and it wasn't, and it, it still was great every time I watched it. And it wasn't until the fourth time that I watched it that I had like a little, like little tiny tear, like a little tiny thug <laughs> tear come down. And I was like, I've seen this. I almost know it verbatim at this point. And the fact that on the fourth watch it makes me cry, like fuck, like. They're good. Like, they're, they're just fucking good. So, um, yeah. Uh, so a couple small things that I just wanted to point out. Uh, cute things. So mm-hmm. Ted fluttering his eyes. I thought that was adorable. You know, um, after he's like, oh, if he didn't come to Richmond, we wouldn't have met or whatever. It was perfectly timed to the, the music in that scene, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was so cute. I, I like that, and I like the look that uh, Roy and uh, and uh, 
and uh, Trent Krim share after that. Yes. Yeah, because Roy... Like the, uh, the can you believe him kind of look. Yes. But it was also like Roy was fully opening himself up to these two men. I just thought it was so beautiful. Um, yeah, and I like and I like that, that it was just like a... Them. Yeah. I just, I like that they did that. I like that it's it's so... And it also shows, I think it kind of shows definitively that like he buried the uh, hatchet. Like not not you know he forgave Trent, but not only that he like kind of bears his soul in yeah. front of Ted. You can understand, but also in front of Trent, this former enemy. Yeah, yes. so it's like really these cute bitches, man. They're so cute. Um, They're so cute. <laughs> and um, also, I just thought it was really cute for the writers to use Trent, a journalist, a fellow writer, um, all throughout this episode to provide the audience like good bits of explication. Throughout the episode, like he did it in the Roy moment where he calls out the point that Roy, he calls out the fact that Roy is making a metaphor. Um, But he also did it in other scenes, like the first scene with Rebecca where he explains why she's going after Zava. Um, And then there are a couple of other times where Trent is used to explain Roy's damage, like Roy's trauma all throughout the episode. So I just thought that was clever, like cute writing stuff. all right, our next segment is Be a Goldfish, the moment you would like to forget your least favorite moment. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10 second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. <sighs> this is really hard. I don't know in this episode. I really don't. Because it's like, I don't have it. I want to say anything involving Rupert. I know. But I do. <laughs> I was like, like do you like want to cheating? <laughs> but I also like that, like, we need those moments there so that Rebecca can win in the end. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, if he's not there, then Rebecca doesn't get a win. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. They're needed. Yes. Yeah. I think maybe the beginning scene with Keely when the one guy softly when she's leaving the office and she goes, don't do anything I wouldn't do. And and the one guy kind of, I don't know if it's judgmental or just kind of like legitimately like questioning where he goes, what wouldn't she do? Because it didn't read as judgmental. It read as like, I don't know what you wouldn't do. I think he's confused. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more of a moment of confusion rather than anything else. So like, I don't know. It's, it's like okay it's to hard. not have one. Yeah, I don't think I have one. Um, for me, it was Rupert shading Rebecca, you know, at the at, in the hallway of the Chelsea game, like. But like, then she wins. You, if you like, you need to have that for her to win. I know, but I just didn't like him being like, "Oh, get tired of the same old same." Like, shut up, bitch. <sighs> like, ugh, fuck, fuck you, Rupert. Yeah, he's fucking worst. Um. So, <laughs> the next one is biscuits, or your favorite character. I brought you a little something. Oh, yeah. Cookies. <laughs> or as y'all call them here, biscuits, right? It's really Roy Kent. You know it's Roy Kent. It's always Roy Kent. Don't ask me is. this question. Also, is. Danny, close second, scoring with his face. Oh, that's a good one, too. <laughs> I um, I agree. It's absolutely Roy Kent. Okay, baby is going on a journey. Okay, and I love him. Um, and then, oh, yeah, you know, and then also, I guess I had just like multiple reasons why it's Roy Kent. So Brent. I'm looking at my notes. Brent had, um, oh, he had to. Brent? Brent Goldstein? Oh, yes. Is that his name? Oh, I thought you were talking about Roy. Yeah, it is. I was confused. 
So I can so, switch. I've always, yeah. He had to act on like a 10 in that yelling scene in the locker mm-hmm. room. And then he had to be a butthurt asshole throughout the episode. And then he had to bring it mm-hmm. down into this like beautiful subtlety at the end. Like dog, like he's not an actor. Like before this, at least, he wasn't an actor. Now he is. But like, he was a writer. He was a funny haha guy. He was a stand up. Like he can act. Like it, it was just so he's good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, Roy, Roy, Kent, and and Brent Goldstein, my favorites. Crushing it. Um, and then our last one is Hot Brown Water, your least favorite character. You know, I always figured that tea was just going to taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. Yeah, it's horrible. Huh. No, thank you. We all know who it is. Yes. It's Rupert. Anytime Rupert shows up, or the close second to Jane, even though she wasn't, even though she wasn't actually in, in the, in the episode. I will always hate Jane. She's the only one I might hate as much as, as, um, Rupert. Yeah, I agree. It's Rupert. Uh, but more specifically, for me, my least favorite character this episode was Rupert's charm. Because it did look like he was charming Zaza. Or, or Zava. Zava. Yeah. Like, I wanted to know what he said. I really do like that they um, they explain um, kind of... Because we never see... We only ever see kind of hints of Rupert's charm we never see it actually fully turned on so it's I like that we um we see it like does that like we we see or Rebecca explains it like how she kind of you know what I mean like what he did and that he can put it in effort he can be very very charming when the mood takes him to be yeah yeah it made perfect sense like the whole thing about I mean the bartender thing you know when she was a bartender and him coming there i agree with keely like that sounds kind of creepy and stalkerish to me yeah but as rebecca told it i could see how she would become one over over a period i could of see it as charming if he's just like you know yeah like there's a way to do that and it'd be charming yeah and in this episode i thought that he had gotten zava like i was yeah shocked. i was concerned because yeah, like yeah I'm just, I'm worried. Now you got me all worried that Zava may be more trouble than he's worth. Oh, shit. Like, it might, it might cause problems. I don't know. Now I'm nervous. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, you started it. How did I start? I didn't know that I was starting this. You did. I didn't know. Um. I don't make the... I make the rules. You did it. Uh, so, yeah, that's the end of the episode. I guess we're going to have to tune in um, on Wednesday or Tuesday night, rather, to see what Zava is going to bring. Um, I just hope he's cool. You know, yeah. I, I just it's so good. I was really concerned yeah. with episode one that they were maybe going to let your girl down, you know, and you I know how shows are so. when they get into their last season stuff starts to fall off you know and so but i think i'm so impressed i mean it's two episodes in so you know knock on wood i hope that i'm not giving too much praise too soon but i'm just very impressed by this season so far so 
that's the end of our episode. Join us next time when we get into season three or episode three, rather, of Stead Lasso. And uh, until next time, Julia. Bye-bye, nerds. Mm, Bye-bye. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from our listeners. Follow or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and send your comments, theories, and just any general feelings you have about what we covered this week to tviuslifepod at gmail.com and we may cover it on an upcoming episode. Thank y'all for listening. Until next time, take care of your characters and each other.